Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it is a beautiful gardening day out there today. The sky is very, very blue. It feels very, very nice out there. And uh, it definitely feels like spring. It is May 24th. So this should be the May long weekend, as they say, the 24th weekend, as it is in the United States. Their holiday weekend is this weekend. So ours was a little bit earlier this year. So again, uh, it's been... uh, a busy spring, a lot of people out gardening, doing lots of great things. Um, we've been fortunate. We've been working very hard uh, trying to keep our supply chain up. And uh, the growers and the, all the people that we've worked with over the years have been great. And uh, we still have a pretty steady supply of everything coming in. But uh, some products feel like the new toilet paper on some of the on some of the plant stuff. Like I had a customer in yesterday. We had eight Nishiki Willows. And he, uh, on the five gallon, and he, he goes, he, I think he went back, went somewhere else to check on somebody else if they had them. He came back and they were gone. I just said, yeah, it's right now. If you see something you like in the garden centers, uh, I would recommend just picking it up and, uh, and have it at that point. Cause, uh, there's no guarantees it'll be there when you get back. Cause there's a lot of people out shopping and, uh, and gardening right now. So it's, it's great to see lots of young families, lots of people, out gardening and getting into the into the to the garden season and my phone's going off there so I turned that off. Um, so it, uh, it it's just great to see and uh, we do have another big batch of seeds coming in. They're caught up in the peer later courier system. Uh, and I know they've had some delays and stuff, so we're just waiting. So we have a whole whack of uh, seeds coming in. They should be here hopefully Monday. They were supposed to be here on Friday. They didn't show up, so I'm hoping that they arrive on Monday. And I know a lot of the other people in the Garden Center business have uh, seeds coming as well. So hopefully, uh, if you're looking to get some seeds... Actually, I planted my first veggie garden that I haven't done for a while. I did one of the raised gardens that we had. I put it up on our deck. Um, so my wife, Carolyn, and I, we're going to have a little garden up on the on the deck, and I'm looking forward to that and uh, having some fresh radishes and stuff. Since we're not doing the Global Garden this year with Leslie and the team over at Global TV, as of for now, but we'll see what happens in the next few weeks. That might open up, and we can still get a late planting in. Because a lot of the stuff, you can do that. You can plant two or three times, like your radishes, your carrots, things like that. Um, you can seed, harvest, and then seed again. And uh, we still have lots of time for, for that kind of thing. So anyways, lots of people up and at it early here this morning on the on the text line. And I believe Joanna should be on that text line. There she is. She's responded to me. Awesome. So uh, I'm going to just go to the phone lines. And so if you'd like to text, Joanna is on there. Looking after all your questions on that end, and I'm here on the phone. I'm going to go to Valerie. Good morning, Valerie. Hi. Um, I'm in Mackenzie Lake. Okay. And, Beautiful spot. Um, yeah, and I have a couple of questions. I have a, a shrub that has been good for over 10 years or so, and it's about a six-foot shrub, and I tried to send some pictures, but for whatever reason, they're not going through the text line. Okay. Um, but um, they actually, in the last two years, have been mostly wood, and it's been quite a um, thick wood. Like, they're very sturdy shrubs. What, what do the leaves look like? Um, the leaves are like a, when it's 
throughout the summer, it's been kind of a feathery kind of a leaf, but it's a lime green kind yeah. of a bright leaf. Yeah, it sounds like a sem false spirea possibly, or, mm, or I've a had elder. Before. It's, yeah, this yeah is that's a, what I wondered. It could be an elder, a golden elder, but the sem spirea is that sort of feathery leaf as well. It's a different, it's not the typical spirea that you think of. Oh. It has big okay. straight stalks and it, and it it does spread out quite a bit, it, but okay. it does need to get rejuvenated every few years, okay. and by that I mean take it right down to the ground, mm. and you could still do that right now, okay. And then you'll get a whole bunch of new growth because it's not wasting its energy on the old wood. It's going to put all that good energy into nice new healthy growing stock. Okay, because I've got some new stock on it now. We cut it down to the ground, and it's got okay, that's burgundy good. leaves coming and some puffy, greenish, like, flowery buds on it. Um, I wonder right if it's now. a nine bark. Um, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, well, hopefully, okay. maybe your picture. What's I'll, the last I'll, number? I'll look up a nine. It's... Um, I've tried it, just says it won't deliver. Oh, okay. so, um, the other question I had was um, I'm in, I have an east facing backyard um, with south exposure, mm-hmm. and I have a fence along the, along the south side of the yard running east west. And we are wanting to put a tall shrub tree. We have a couple other trees in the backyard as well um, that along that fence that won't cast any additional shade on the, like too much more additional mm-hmm. shade on the yard. Um, we were looking at a Sutherland Carragana, and we're wondering if that might work. Like, we want to have, you know, a few feet extra above our, our fence, and we okay. have a good six-and-a-half-foot fence. Um, but we just want some privacy, but not have a lot of, like, overhead um, yeah, no, no, branching. I, I know what you mean now. Probably you could either use a nine bark as well. Diablo nine bark will do that for you. Also okay. a lilac. And the Southern Gargana is pretty good as well. Okay. I just okay. find, just watch when you're getting them. Um, sometimes the multi-stem, they get floppy. Oh, okay. Sometimes okay. I've seen them on, like, uh, on boulevards and stuff. So right. just watch it's not too wet and the, just that you plant them properly because they, they don't have a super sturdy root system. So oh, until okay. they get rooted in, I've just seen sometimes they get a little bit floppy on you. So that's, if you're looking okay. for a bit of a feature... Um, like, what's the max height you you want? Well, we're probably eight? looking about a, like eight to ten foot. Yeah. So yeah. So even some there's some gorgeous lilacs you can do too. Like that will get right. you that height. Like the velocias or any of the common lilacs will, and then you get the nice flowers and things like that. So that's another right. good shrub at that height. And you've, right. So. Okay, and then would there be, um, would we have to worry about suckering or anything with caraganas or things like that? Um, not, not for the most part, the Sutherland doesn't. If you just go to the straight common caragana, absolutely, okay. they sucker like crazy. Because we have a lot of trees with berries and, and blooms on them, so with perennial beds in the bottom, we don't really want more of that because there's a lot to yeah. clean up. Yeah, um, so. yeah, and also some of this, um some of the willows, we have lots of shrub willows that will do that. Oh, or okay. even the carmine jewel, like some cherries and stuff. If okay. you want some fruit, that would do okay. well there. All right. And they have it in the shrub form as well, so that would be perfect for you. Excellent. 
Excellent. Okay. Well, I found your podcast this spring, and it's been very formative. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. Yeah. And, I will uh, uh, try to send those pictures. I'll keep trying yeah, to send and them. And then just, okay. and you can walk through the tree lot. Wait, we're fully stocked right now, and all everything has tags, and we have some very helpful staff yeah, in the tree lot. Yeah, we were down a couple times, so we're going to make another venture down. Yeah, we're and we're getting more, like we're trying to restock with the weather now. I'm, I'm, we're fully at trucks coming all the time, so we should have most of everything in. Excellent. Thank, Thank you, you so, much. so much. Thanks, All right. Bye bye. All right. I still got a little bit of time before I need to take a break. I'm going to go to Joyce and Airdrie. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Very, very good. How hey, are you I've doing? Got it. I'm good. I quit raining. It's nice. Yeah. We needed it. Absolutely. That's the kind of rain I like. And actually, I was saying that to my wife, Caroline, I just said, what I really like is this, when it rains like this. Yeah. Like when it just, when it's actually doing something. I hate when it rains just enough to make it wet and mucky where you can't really do nothing. That's right. But this rain is beneficial. That slow, deep rain just keeps pouring into the ground. It, it, it's nice. It's beautiful. Yep. Now we're just going to wait for the garden to come up. Yeah, now it will, right? You can just feel the change. Like this morning... If it's the sun and all the moisture we've had, you can just feel the plants just saying, woo. Yeah, wiggle, go. wiggle. Yeah, they're yeah. going to get going. I've got a, a problem with a spruce tree in my flower bed. Okay. It's about a two foot high. Somebody wants it, they can have it. <laughs> oh, um, my daughter says, oh, mom, don't throw it away. Yeah, it's a spruce tree. How big yeah. is it? It's only a couple feet high. Yeah, I would just, if you want to dig it up, maybe put it in a pot, throw it on Kijiji or something like that. Giveaway? Yeah. Yeah. Someone will come get it. I went and got sweet peas. Oh, nice. Last week. Hey, Diane's kind of a cool lady. Yeah, you went down there? She's awesome. We did. We took a day trip and went down, and I got some sweet peas. So we're going to see how we succeed with these. Because in the past years, our sweet peas just haven't been doing so, I don't know. Yeah, hers will be, they should do great for you. Yes, I think so. Awesome. All right. All right, Merle. You good chatting. Good Thanks, Joyce. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Gary's Trusted Garden Center, Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Lots of stuff going on down at the garden centers right now. So um, if you're out around town and you see an independent garden center, go in, support them, buy some stuff, get the gardening knowledge that you get only from your independent garden center. So, uh, And we appreciate everybody that's come out to spruce up lots of new people this year. So it's been great. It's been really, really nice seeing lots of people. All right, we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Anne. Good morning, Anne. Oh, good morning. Uh, I have a problem with uh, home strip cedar. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, um, it, it's about five years old and about three feet high. Yeah. And it was very healthy, it seemed. But this year, some of the branches look almost like they've thin, been singed, and they're turning a, a lighter shade of green and look um, almost like, well, they are turning, when you look at them from a distance, they, they look, some of them look like they are almost have ice uh, frozen or something like that. Huh, it could, I wonder if it's a fungus or something on there. 
Like, or does it, or the needles actually changing color themselves or? Yeah, that's right. Um, is there a way, are you able to text a picture in? Yes, we can text a picture in. To the same phone number, if you don't mind. It's just hard to. Oh, the same uh, phone number. Yep, exact same phone number, the 974-8255. If you could just text a picture in, um, Uh and then Joanna or I will have a quick look at it, and, uh, and we should be able to help you out that way. Oh, yeah, it's hard to see it. That's all I just was I describing know. over the radio. So if you do that, and um, we'll get back to you for sure. Thanks very much. All right. Thank you Bye-bye. so much. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go down to Marie. Good morning, Marie. Good morning. How, how are you today? Well, I'm not too bad. <laughs> Thank you. Good. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, I uh, this time of year, I love it. It's nice and sunny and Lovely. doing yeah. what we do and uh, very fortunate to, to be doing what I'm doing. So That's right. Yeah. How can I help you? The thing is, I had this mock orange for two years. Yep. And now I look at it and then there's no leaves coming out. Yeah. So what does that mean? Is it there? It's no, it could be still a bit early. Like I was even, I was out walking in my yard and some of the stuff like mock oranges are always a little bit slower, mm-hmm. um, hydrangeas, things like that. It's still like we, like honestly, three weeks ago, we still had snow on the ground almost <laughs> like at the beginning of May, like mm-hmm. there was still ice. So it's been a bit of a late spring. So some of the shrubs in that are a little bit late coming. So just be a bit patient. If you can give it some water would be helpful. Um, but, yeah, but the uh, thing is, it never bloomed either. Don't they bloom? Yeah, they usually bloom um, about in mid-June. So what kind of blooms are they, white? Yeah, nice, white? yeah, pure white blooms, actually. They're very nice. Uh-huh. So I'd also maybe recommend fertilizer with like a 15, 30, 15 high middle number for that. Yeah, but it never spread out, so I'm thinking... It's still pretty young, though. It's only If it's only three years, that's typically when they take off. Like oh. first year you plant it, you don't see much. Second year you see a bit. The oh. third year is typically when you see it really take off for you. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, I want to put a rose bush there. Yeah. Well, you can you can dig that one out then and move yeah. it. Yeah. And... and tell me which one should I get? I wanted. Oh, we got so many roses and lots of hardy shrub roses. Like I I think I got there's 500 roses in the rose section right now at Spruce. Oh my so, goodness. Yeah, like I got so many nice roses. Like, um, it was just they came available, and we and I want to. It was just the right time of with the weather and stuff. So we 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 filled up the rose section, and probably the best selection we've ever had of roses right now. Like we have right now, actually. Yeah, we have every every color under the sun in the, out there right now. So. Then I like one that grows six feet tall. Yeah, we have uh, like the Teresa Bugnay. Like, there's quite a few of the ex- some of the Explorer se- series will get taller for you. Explorer, it's called. Yeah, Explorer series. Like, there's a few different ones out there. Teresa Bugnay is one. Um, there's a few out there that will get that high when yeah. you're when you go to the garden center, and we have them all in sections, and the and the guys and ladies there will definitely okay. steer you in the right direction. All right. Uh, do they have big blooms or not? Yeah, some have big blooms and some are smaller. Most of them are larger blooms now. Yeah. Yeah, there's some really beautiful ones. So. Oh, great. Okay. Thanks, Marie. Thank you. Bye. 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 All right. Let's go to Carol. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good. How can I help you? 
Well, I got really excited watching your segments on Global TV last year. Yeah. I even I even drove up to their site to have a look at the raised beds. And oh, then, nice. Yeah, and, I, and then I had one made, and mine, so it's delivered, and it's six feet by yeah. two feet, 18 inches deep. Yeah. And now I'm looking at it, and I'm wondering how much soil, holy Hannah, do I need to fill that thing? It's that w- huge. Yeah. It's huge. That's about similar size to what we had there, and I just filled mine at home, so I know exactly what it takes. It takes three bags of our spruce it up all purpose. Three 56-liter bags will fill it up almost perfect. Really? Yeah. Okay. So and just our good all-purpose potting soil is what I use. Um, that's what I used on, on the global segments as well, and it grew beautiful veggies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it and it's a nice light soilless mix, especially for a raised bed like that. It makes okay. it easy to work with, and and uh, but that. Uh, like I said, I just filled mine up and I carried three bags through the house, and so I know exactly what fits. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, that's that's not near as bad as what I thought. Then no. Um, so how big are the bags? Fifty-six liters. Okay, fifty. So they're liters. sort of like I guess there's two feet by three feet sort of thing, and six inches thick, something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. they're fairly manageable. So um, it's easy to bring them through into the yard or into your okay. into your patio. Okay, perfect. Last right. question. Yep. Um, did you add any compost? I didn't because the soilless mix is already it's already ready to go. Like a lot of those mixes that you get in those bags, it has everything you need um, right in it. Okay. So you're, yeah, you're good to go. Just fertilize once you, after the first couple of weeks. I started on a fertilizer program with either 20-20-20 or 15-30-15, and uh, that's more than enough to get you through the season, and I just fertilize sort of once a week. I would fertilize when I went up there, and and it it worked perfect. Great. All right. Thank All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, mm-hmm. Carol. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I probably don't have quite enough time for one. So, but actually, maybe I can do a quick one here. we got a couple minutes. Good morning. I'll go to John. Hi, John. Oh, John here. Yeah. What's the score on my roof? <laughs> Garage roof uh, all white this morning. I know. I noticed that on a couple spots. We had a little bit of frost, and especially you're a little bit on the west side of town, so you definitely a, a little bit of frost out there, John. I was shocked. I yeah. was as well. I yeah. I know. I, was, cause I looked at the temperature. I woke up at 5, whatever, and I checked the temperature, said 3. Then I looked out on the front, and uh, I noticed on some of the roofs, uh, it was white, but it wasn't on the cars or anything, so it didn't. It stayed up higher, so which was good. Yeah, my car was all wet. I guess that's about it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I was supposed to send you a picture of my, my raised garden boxes. I yeah. covered them to protect them from the rain. Was that good, bad, or otherwise? Well, uh, the rain wasn't damaging, so it was. It was. Uh, it was a nice rain. Like I left mine open, and uh, just to get that nice moisture in there. So either way, probably didn't hurt it. Oh, okay. Yep. No, it wasn't uh, like it was no hail or nothing. So it was just that nice, steady rain that is uh, good for all our plants. So yeah, it really come down. And how long should it take for potatoes to come up? They you should see them in about a week, week and a half. Uh oh. Something like that shouldn't take much. But we haven't had much heat, so now watch this week. Everything's gonna go crazy. 
obviously. Yeah. The week, last couple, the last week or so, John, it's been kind of cool, so it hasn't been a lot happening, but we'll see a, a ton happening this week in all of our gardens. Like, with that spring rain like that, that's just the trigger to get everything going like, like mad, so. Oh, because I thought maybe I had planted it in the wrong way. Nope. You're all good. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, John. I got to go for a break. Super, thanks, Meryl. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, got to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and Joanna Chudy is on the other end. She's answering all your texts, and there's a lot of them already, so uh, lots of participation going on this morning. Um, and I got one text here that says, The lily beetles are already active. The one product that we have proven that has worked quite well with it is ambush and also the squeeze technique. When you see them, you put them between your fingers and squish them. Um, But ambush is the one you need to spray your lilies. Just don't spray the flowers, um, but you can spray all the green part every seven to ten days um, with ambush. And that definitely will help out uh, keeping them at bay. So... If you're uh, if you're having some lily beetle issues and the, the, the red lily beetle um, ambush has worked quite well with those. So, all right, I'm gonna go to Lorraine. Good morning, Lorraine. Hi. Yes. Good morning. Hi. How can I help you? Yes, uh, we have uh, a neighbor across the alley from us who has a very unusual tree. And I can't identify it, but I did take photographs of it. And um, it's a very interesting tree where it produces um, not really flowers in spring, but they're, they become like almost like thistle-like um, extensions covering to the tree. Yeah, it could be like catkins. It could be a type of willow. Okay. Because <laughs> they kind of get these flowers that look spiky. They're not real flowers, but they... Okay. Yeah, and that, it sounds like it could be a willow if it gets these catkins on it. And it, they, the catkins can become really large on this tree, and when they dry, they blow in the wind like that of a thistle. And I was told uh, by someone that... Um, not a horticulturalist, but just another neighbor that, um, to his knowledge, these catkins can uh, become very, very flammable in spring when they, you know. Yeah, they can. If you, if you get lots of them in one big pile, for sure, they could be flammable, but I've never had anybody have any issues with them. Okay, not even while they're still on the tree. No, any, no. Because literally, they um, would have to be ignited with something to be any issue. So I think you'll be fine. That crosses my mind is we have a lot of drivers who smoke. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully they shouldn't be throwing alley. their. Yeah, they hopefully they're not throwing their cigarette butts out. But oh, that's the thought that comes to my mind. Well, but I guess other than that, they're not really a problem. They're no. Not, not at all. to look at by any means, yeah. but at least I know they're not going to no. harm anybody. No, no, you'll be fine. Oh, okay. All right, thanks, Lorraine. Thank you, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's go to Bernice. 
Good morning, Bernice. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. Um, we re- have a lawn and we've got quack grass in it. So I was just wondering, is there some kind of treatment that you can uh, use to get rid of the quack grass? Or? It depends how heavy it is. Um, there is, if it's really quite heavily and condensed in certain areas, um, I've just round up those areas. What I do is I get a pipe, like a four or six inch pipe, and I put it over top of the main part of where the where it starts, and I just spray Roundup on those spots. Let it totally die, and then you can either cut it out and put sod back in, or you can seed those areas. Um, or if you're using our Green It Up lawn fertilizer, it will choke out the the quack grass eventually. Like is it, it'll make your Kentucky bluegrass really nice and thick and and uh, invasive. Okay. And it and it it will choke out because the Kentucky bluegrass is naturally invasive, and it'll choke out lots of other weeds and stuff if it's nice and healthy. And with our greened up lawn fertilizer, you have the high middle number, which makes all the difference because it gives you a super strong root system. Okay, so what? Uh, so it's just called uh, green it up. Yeah, green, green it up lawn fertilizer. Okay. Um, and just apply it three times a year for springtime, a heavier. Um, summer, a third less, and then in the fall, a third less. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. No problem. Thank you so much. Okay, have a good one. Bye-bye. All right. Where are we at for time? We're still good. I'm going to go to Chuck in Stetler. Good morning, Chuck. Hi. How Hi. can I help you? Well, we've got two, I've got actually two questions for you. One, you're speaking of the fertilizer, in, I'm, and I'm familiar with pounds per acre. What would be equivalent that you'd put on your lawn? Um, well, that's um, our bag. It's a 9 kg bag, and the spring application covers 3,000 square feet. Okay. So if that helps, and ours is like 1632. How many, how many uh, kilograms is your bag? It's 9 kgs. Oh, just 9. Oh, okay. It's, it, I have no filler. I don't fill it full of crap. (laughs) Some of these big bags you get, and half of it I think they just like to make you feel like you're buying a bigger bag, but it's it's just full of filler. Ours is just straight, high-quality fertilizer in there, and uh, we don't don't add it with a bunch of other stuff, so the small bag actually covers a fair bit, so. Well, that filler's bent night. Yeah. Yeah, and and some other times it's it's not even that it's other stuff that is this even that good. <laughs> yeah, and there's different qualities of of fertilizer as you know. So oh yeah, my other question is we our home we just moved into town. This is all new to us, but we have a north facing home, the bay window in the front. What do you plant in that flower bed? My wife would like to know. Okay, and and which way is it facing again? Sorry, north. sorry. North. North, okay. Um, there's lots of great shade plants you can put on their side. You can use Annabelle hydrangeas, um, ligularias um, are nice. They're great taller plants, and so is the hydrangea, but only the Annabelle for shade. Um, Brunaria, hostas, um, there's, there's about six or seven great plants that'll do awesome on the north side. How about... Um, how how about a uh, low-growing something in junipers or something like um, that? If, if they're a little bit further away from the house, they'll do okay. But if it just depends how shady it is. And if there's lots of trees in the front, they, they tend to, the junipers like a bit more light. No, there's no shade at all. Okay, well then you could do any of the, like the Prince of Wales. Um, I like the blue tam or the blue star junipers are great. 
they're not super, they don't get real crazy big. So, like, the new Blue Tam is a really nice one. And I'm assuming these are only avail- available at Green at Green it Up. No, at Spruce It Up, no. You can get most of those at other garden centers as well. I'm being facetious. I know. But we'd love to have you come down, Chuck, all the way from Stetler. <laughs> I'd be no problem. It's not that far. Absolutely. Everyone should have that attitude. It's a short drive from anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Chuck. Okay. Thanks for the help. Bye-bye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and we have Joanna Chudy on the text line. And if you'd like to join us, there is actually not any spots, but for the text right now, and you can keep trying the phone lines, 403-974-8255 or out of town, 1-800-563-7770. But right now I'm going to go to Glennis, I think is the is the proper pronunciation. Good morning, Glennis. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? Um, so I got a couple of Annabelle hydrangeas from Spruce It Up the other day, and yep. they're beautiful. Nice. Um, but I'm a little confused about whether to prune, not prune. The, ta- <laughs> the, the tag says prune me only to remove broken or damaged limbs, but then when I go to the internet... I'm right. Okay, the one if you just bought them just before you plant them, there, there's probably still some dead stock from last year. Stuck okay. in the pot, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So and, and you can cut those I, I all out. I know I don't need to do anything with them right now, but I just need to know whether in the fall. Do no, I... don't do anything in the fall. I, okay. I'm I'm an advocate of lazy gardening in the fall a bit. I'm a procrastinator, and I like to promote that a bit in the fall here. Do our watering, um, cover your beds, and clean up a little bit. But I like to let Mother Nature do its thing and protect the plants. Like a lot of the like the hydrangeas, lilies, a lot of things. Like if you lived in, in Vancouver or England and some places, you'd do it nice and tidy so it looks neat and tidy for fall. But we need that winter protection. So yeah, I, and I usually am like that myself. Yeah, that's the best way. Just let it die back and, and sort of it, they collapse upon themselves and then they create that protection for them and and sort of seal them in for wintertime. And then in the spring, I just, I've early about end of April, I, I might cut off some of the bigger pieces of the hydrangea, but then I just wait to see what it's going to do from the bottom and you'll see it push up from the bottom on the Annabelle. Okay. And at that point, you'll, it'll, when it gets about six inches, you'll be able to get in there and cut out the stuff that isn't going to uh, be alive and, and give it the room to grow. And at that point, um, it should just take off like crazy. Okay. So do I remove the spent blooms? Um, the yes. Yeah. Throughout the summer, if they're spent, absolutely. Okay. And can I ask you another question regarding sod? Sure. Um, so I had a little bit of sod, not very much, um, put down in an area where it never grass never seems to really grow very well. It's beside a driveway. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it usually gets piled on snow and stuff, right? Is that? Yeah, I don't think it was salt kill though. I think no, it's just heavy snow. Kill. Yep. I had the same on my driveway as well this year, so. Okay, because there seems to be a lot in Calgary. Yeah, this year it's it's because we had a really heavy snowfall and it stayed all winter long. 
and and then it gets packed down because typically people will step on step on it because it's right beside the driveway, right? Or it gets piled in when you shovel it. Yeah. And it so gets suffocated. It just give it a really good raking. And if it's not coming at all, sometimes you have to cut it out and put a new piece of sod, or you can just scrape it out, like rake it really good, put some soil down, and uh, and then just add a little bit of grass seed, something like that. Okay, so you or can you just, sort of overseed it. Absolutely. Or okay. just, like I'm thinking I might make my driveway two feet or three feet wider, make like a little walkway <laughs> beside it with paving stones. Oh. And because driveways, once you put two cars, there's not enough room to walk up to your house sometimes yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. i've done it on a few other homes and we've done it for lots of our clients where we just make the driveway a little bit wider with paving stones and creates a nice entrance way into your home as well yeah because it just uh this this happens almost every year yeah no so okay. that's something i would definitely look at and uh and uh, either make it a little bit wider um, create a nice walkway up to your home or or you're gonna have to deal with this in the spring every time sort of thing Merle. Thank you. Bye-bye. Enjoy your day. Thank Bye-bye. you as well. All right. So where we're at, we're going to go up to Dan. Good morning, Dan. How you doing, Merle? Good, good. How can we help you? If this is the garden show, why are we talking about snow? <laughs> uh, the, the ill effects of our long winter affects <laughs> our gardening, I guess. <laughs> and earlier you answered a question about lazy. Yes. I've got a bunch of crushed red shale in the backyard. Yep. And I'm slowly removing it, and I want to lay sod in there. Yep. Um, can I leave some shale? Absolutely. And it depends. <clears throat> Does it leave you enough elevation to add four to six inches of, of loam on top of it? Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You could just leave most of it then and set six inches on top because red shale is pretty porous. The water will go through it. Um, that'll be no problem at all. As long as you can, if you have room to put that four to six inches, it's no different. It's even better than sitting on straight clay, right? Because it's going to give you some nice drainage. And yeah, well, I think that's what's underneath. Yeah, it right now is because it's just the it looks like uh, once you start raking and digging down, it looks like what the contractors bring in. You know, when they're building. Yep. So it's just crap soil. Yeah, but that's what you need for your base for the most part. Like that creates our subgrade to make sure the drainage works. If we filled it with six feet of loam, a lot of the subgrade wouldn't work for yeah. drainage. So yeah. we need that subgrade with that heavy material, like with the clay to create the drainage underneath your soil that will steer the water away from your house or away from, because if you have six feet of loam right beside the home, all that water will just soak in there and cause way more problems. Yeah, because when you wander by uh, baseball diamonds, you always see like grass growing in tufts out of it. Yep. So like I should leave, how much do you think on the ground? Well, it depends how much it is. If it's, like you said, if you have room to go over top of it with six inches of loam and, and your elevation still works so where your slope, um, I would leave it mainly you could go right over top of it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that opens up a new can of worms now. Yeah, you can just go right and that just creates a nice little drainage bed for you. It, it's perfect. Okay, so like the area I'm looking at is about 15 feet by 30 feet. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can just get your loam, just dump, just bring it right in, dump it right on top, go your six inches thick, and you're good to go. Well, no, I can't because I have to hump it from the front yard. (laughs) (laughs) So it's going to be a bit of work for you. It's going to be a little bit of work. Yeah, but that's get it dumped in the front yard and then, then wheel it into the back. 
Good. And, and that will, uh, yeah, some of those things are, that's all it takes. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it takes. Sorry, man. What are you doing next Saturday? Exactly. <laughs> I'm at the garden. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out with some sod. Okay, I'll get it delivered when you're ready. Yeah, you deliver it? Absolutely. And what about the big bags? Um, we, we do deliver that as well, but for that much, I would, it's going to be less expensive to get it delivered in bulk and just easier to work with. Cause you're not having to cut open the bags and stuff. Cause you're going to be doing it all at one go. I would assume like this, if you're going to get, cause you're going to need five or six yards and it's quite a bit less money. And even if you order it from Eagle Lake or from us, they sell it in bulk. It's be less expensive than trying to do it in the bags. Okay. Alrighty. Thank you. Thanks Dan. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. It's uh, 9.53 already. 53 minutes of the show went by so fast. We're going to go to Joan. Good morning, Joan. Oh, good morning. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Good, good. How can we help you? I wondered what the name of that plant is that you were... I Yeah, the Vermillionaire. And what has happened during COVID, um, the, the grower put a halt on getting them going because they're more of an expensive plant. So we have them coming, I think, in June now because they've just been delayed. But you know the other one they love is hydrain or not hydrain uh, fuchsia fuchsia hangers or fuchsia plants. We yeah. have so many. We've already had a bunch of hummingbirds in our perennial house that are. We have our all our fuchsias hanging in there, and we've had uh, quite a few hummingbirds buzzing around in there. They love the fuchsias, yeah, as well. Oh, okay. Well, I'm and they're very similar. The vermilionaire almost. I, 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 it must be part of the fuchsia family. It just looks like a mini fuchsia. Um, but they, like you said, they do love like the red colored, um, fuchsias. They just thrive on them. They just love them. So like you said, in the greenhouse, we get, I've had quite a few customers post pictures on social media when they've been in the greenhouse and they see the hummingbirds floating around in there. So. Oh wow! You keep them there all winter? Well, no, no. We they they go because they got they head back south. They're they're smart, right? They don't stay in. Can- <laughs> and then the fuchsias. That's our and that's our perennial house. It's an unheated cold frame that we have. As that's our perennial house. We like to climatize all our plants, and and those ones are all grown out in the in the cooler area. Oh, great! Well, yeah. So, yeah. So any of the fuchsias, it's uh, it, it's good. So. Okay, good. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. And look, in June, we should hopefully have them in June. And uh, it just got delayed with the growers because none of us knew what was going to happen sort of six weeks ago when this all started. We we were all in uh, limbo at one point, so. Yeah. But uh, we're all going as quick as we can, and the growers are growing like crazy, so. Oh, yeah. We're trying our hardest, everybody. So thank you so much, Joan. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'm going to go down to Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning. How can we help you? I got a beautiful hydrangea plant okay. for Mother's Day. Yeah. Now is what a, do I do with it? Is it pink or blue? It's a combination of two colors. Yeah. I meant probably pink and blue. Okay. So what those are, those are not hardy hydrangeas for outside, but you can definitely plant them out into like a flower pot 
right. and use them as an annual. You could plant petunias around the base of them to add some other feature and just, just deadhead them as the blooms get spent. You just cut them off and it'll send out, should maybe send out some more, depending on what variety it is. But those of them are, they're more of an annual. It seems to have several individual stems in it. Yeah. No, and that's perfect. If it'll keep going, some of them only bloom once or twice, and then they kind of finish off. Certain varieties will continue on throughout the summer. So depending on which one it is, I know we just got a whole bunch in that we we sell as annuals, and they'll be in the annual perennial section. And then we have the ones that grow outside. And typically, they only come in the pink and the white colors. We we don't get the real nice blue and the deep, deep pink um, that we get that you would see in Kelowna or Vancouver. Okay. But, so uh, if I just put it out on the deck as it is, would it keep growing in that pot? It's about a six-inch pot. Yeah, I, it's too small of a pot. Um, you'd have to watch, especially if it's any any kind of sunshine, you'd have to water it probably two or three times a day. Okay. I, I would definitely transplant it into a bigger flower pot and then add a few other colors with it and just to, to give it some more life. Okay, and leave it on the deck? Yep, absolutely. Okay. Yep. All right, does it need fertilizer or yeah. how much water? A lot yeah. of water? Yeah, hydrangeas like to be, they don't like to be wet, just like any other plant. Water them in between, let them dry out in between waterings. And then fertilize with 15, 30, 15. Okay. All right? All right. Well, thank, thank you very much for your help. Thanks, Mary. Take Enjoy care. Enjoy your show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I need to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I actually just had a text from Mel down in Medicine Hat. Um, he's from the Medicine Hat Horticultural Society. He sent uh, a picture of some gorgeous, the Canada 150 tulips. Maybe anybody else, if you have any pictures of their Canada 150 display, would be a good thing right now, and uh, we can all enjoy seeing what's going on in, with the Canadian tulip. And... Uh, Beautiful one. So thanks for sharing, Mel. Always great to hear from you. It looks great. I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Dale. Good morning, Dale. Uh, thank you. How can I help you? I was just wondering, like, when you buy potatoes out of the grocery store, yeah. is there a proper way of storing them so they don't sprout so fast? Uh, somewhere that's just cool and dark from what I understand. Um, so just, you don't want to leave them up in full light, things like that. Just cool, dark, dry place is the best from what I understand. And take them out of the plastic bag? Well, no, a lot of times the plastic bag has the breathe holes in it. So it depends what, which ones you have. Some have the netting on the back. And when you get the big bakers and the bigger bags, they have that, the netting on one side, plastic on the other, so they can breathe nicely. Yeah, they just sprout so fast. Yeah, it's just... Um, just got to eat them more often. That's all, Dale. <laughs> we got to help our potato farmers. They're, from what I understand, they have so many potatoes left too, eh? Like, cause all the restaurants have been closed and no one's ordering fries or as many fries and we're not eating enough potatoes. So we got to, we got to pitch in and have some poutine. And the hotels are empty too. Yeah. No. And, and typically like, like whenever you eat out, like eight out of 10 meals, you probably have fries with your meals. Right. So um, all these things of unfortunately being um, cooped up have it have the chain effect all the way down the line, right? So we're we're seeing some of those issues, and unfortunately the potato farmers have been hit and hit with some of that. So I bought a big fifty pound bag the other day, so we're gonna have potatoes every day, I think. So 
Well, I'll, I'll <laughs> give that a try. All right. Thanks, Dale. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, it's storing them and stuff, and especially our homes are so warm and, and stuff nowadays. you got to find that cool, dark place where you can keep them where they stay dry. So I'm going to go to Louise. Good morning, Louise. Good morning, Merle. How can I help uh, you? I had a big spruce cut down in my backyard in September 2018. Okay. And I've... I've for the past two seasons, I've been raking out wood chips out of that hole. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I if I if I covered that with sod, they will decay. But it takes about ten years. Yeah, it does take a while. So so as they decay, and then if I did put sod on it, that sod would have some little dips here and there and everywhere. Well, right? it depends. Um, are you talking about the roots that went out further along? Yes, yes, the radiating ones. And those, ha- I still have to get those cut out as well. Yeah, so you, you can either, they can just run the stump grinder all along those and get those ground out. And that, well, they that, didn't. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> typically if you, if you ask them or if you ask for a quote for they'll, a lot of the arborist guys, well, typically if you get a stump grind, they just do the stump itself. So yeah. unless you ask, or depends how bad it was at the time. Yeah. Um, so I was, yeah. So we're, I, I was thinking of uh, putting, um, like, eventually when I get this stuff cleaned out of there, um, maybe some adding some soil and planting that echo lawn. So, but I notice the squirrels love it because it's very fine. Yeah. So, so what they, I would do is, yeah, and, and if you have lots of roots, I would almost just if you hire a bobcat guy. Like either landscape or a bobcat company, just come in and just do a quick um, rejuvenation of the area. Because if after a big spruce has been there for so long, the soil has been depleted, and there's going to be so many roots that a, even a stump grinder it doesn't really do justice. So you, I would just hire a bobcat for a couple hours, get them in there, pull all the roots out, bring a load of loam in. And uh, and then just rejuvenate it, and then you're just done with it, and you don't have to fight with it for years and years. It's just, it is what it is. Fit it. What's that? Inch. I don't think a bobcat will fit through oh, yeah. a 36 inch gate. Oh yeah, no. Well, they we do have walk band that go through 40 inch, but yeah, or you maybe remove a fence panel. But yeah, otherwise it's it, it is a hard thing. Like after a big spruce has been there a long time, it's uh, they it set its roots in, as they say. So. Yes, I know. All right, Sorry. thank you. All right, bye bye. Thank you. Bye. All right, and where we're at, we're gonna go to Stetler. Good morning, Evelyn. How can I help you? Well, you can help me if you can t- uh, tell me whether or not I can use tomato fruit set on a plum tree to try and help it pollinate. No, I don't no. think you can, no. You <laughs> need to eat like purple leaves. trees, and when they do pollinate, they really are tasty plums, but they rarely do that. Okay, this year should be a good year because we haven't had the late frost, so lots of the blooming trees are just coming into fruition at this point. Um, I'm just noticing like all my crab apple trees and everything you see around town is just about, about setting bud. So I think we're going to see a above normal um, blooming season with all our apples and plums and all those kind of fun trees. Okay. Are yours so in Stetler? Are are they blooming yet or just setting bud? There's, there's, some of them are blooming already. Okay. Yeah. So and it's, the pear tree is blooming. Yeah, pears are always earlier, so that's as good. So you should see some cross pollination because the purple leaf sand cherry will also cross pollinate that. So 
hopefully if everything blooms properly, the birds and the bees will do their job. And uh, and that should... I just thought I might help them with this tomato. Yeah, no. But that, I guess that's no. not the right thing. No. Okay, no, well, let mother, hopefully my... Mother Nature will do its thing and the, the bees will be going like crazy here and uh, and get up and do their thing. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thanks, Evelyn. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're going to go to Dennis. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning. How are you today? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, it's just a, it's probably an easy one for you. It's a question about uh, the Swedish upright aspen. Yep. So uh, about 15 years ago, I planted a line of them um, along uh, one of the fences in the backyard. Uh, I bought the five-gallon pots because yep. I figured, well, life's short. I really want to get these things going. Yep. Uh, and about 10 years ago, the neighbors, well, they kind of liked that look, so they continued on along their fence. They bought theirs in the one-gallon pot. Um, the thing, and theirs actually they totally eclipsed mine. They got bigger, quicker, and they're bushier. But there's roots popping up in their backyard, um, and they have been for the last five years. Now, I was wondering, is that because they weren't quite as established, or the only other variable is that they have underground sprinklers, and maybe it's pulling that the roots up yeah and i just wonder if theirs went quicker do the leaves look the same or the leaves a little bit shredded like shredded on theirs i just because some there's a tower poplar and then there's a swedish culinary aspen the tower poplar will grow quicker but it also starts suckering a lot more okay but and a lot of companies like i know Costco had them a few couple of years ago. They were selling the them cheap, like, but they were the tower poplars, not the Swedish Colonel Aspen. So, and they get sold as the same thing, but they're not. And I don't even bring in the tower poplars because I just I know what kind of chaos they can cause after a while. Like they just get going yeah. and lots of suckering. So, oh, and the Swedish Colonel Aspens are a little bit slower, but lots of uh, they don't they don't sucker like that. So. Okay, well, I bet you that's what it is because the, they both came from uh, Canadian Tire. Yeah, uh, mine did say Swedish Plumner Aspens on them. Theirs, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, that would be my so only they- thing. Typically, when I see that, and with irrigation systems, sometimes you're not watering deep, so that'll also bring up surface roots. Because when you water with irrigation system, a lot of times you're only watering that twice a week. Um, and just the top one or two inches get water. So your trees need that slow, deep watering, like where you put a soaker hose on, just get the water to go down nice and deep into the soil, and that makes all the difference as well. It keeps the roots down. Okay, I appreciate that. So I can, I'll can, i be able to tell the difference just by looking at the leaves or just doing a little bit of research on that. Yeah. Okay. And then in the meantime, um, I've been just kind of helping them. I'll take a flat nose shovel over there and cut the roots off and a little bit and put a piece of sod in, but that's about all you can do. Right? That's all you can do. Just do some root pruning and do it earlier when they're small. It makes it much easier. All right. Well, I really appreciate that. Yeah, they kind of come up as these big wooden knots all over the lawn. And, yeah, no, yeah. it sounds like that might be a tower poplar. If you look, when they fully leaf out, you'll see a difference. The tower poplar is a little bit more shredded leaf, okay. and okay. the aspen is a, is a smoother one. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for that information. All right. Thank you, Dennis. Okay, yeah. Take care, bud. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I probably could do one more, and then i got to take a break. We're going to go to Sean in DeWinton. Good morning, Sean. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, so I've had some juniper bushes that have been well-established for four or five years. Yeah. long for some of them. And, and this year, a lot of them didn't come back. It's not even bronzing. They just full-off died. Yeah. And I've noticed this on my neighbors, too. So. If you look at 
um, look at the trunk or the branches of them and look, see if they've been chewed off. Um, um, the mice and the voles have, have wreaked havoc on a lot of junipers. And this year's, the f- honestly, the first year I've noticed it, but this is from Bear's Paw to other parts of the city um, when we had this super deep snow cover that we had because it didn't melt this winter, which is kind of weird because usually yeah. we get Chinooks and it melts and da-da-da. This year it, they had full cover, so those mice and voles have had a buffet underneath that snow cover where they could go with no predators that could see them. And yeah. uh, and then they're good. So okay, take a look at that, that and see if they've chewed the, the the all the stems. Okay, yeah, I will. I bet you that's exactly what it was because they're in places that were covered in snow. Yeah, for winter. So okay, well, thanks a lot. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, Calgary's trusted garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And if you'd like to join me, we have a few spots on the phone line open. You can call me at 403-974-8255 or from out of town, 1-800-563-7770. Those are also the talk and text line. And I'm going to go to Tom. And this is a nasty one. Good morning, Tom. Hello, Tom. I mean, Meryl. Uh, my <laughs> name's Tom. Sorry. You're Tom. Yeah. How can I help um, you? Yeah, the bellflower. I'm not sure what the real name is, but yep. it's, a, it's a nasty weed. Yep. Is, there a, is there a product that can kill it without ruining all your perennials? Yeah. Um, well, it's a tough one. What I usually do in some of that, you could try Roundup. And what I do is just put a pipe or something over top of it, like four to six inches wide, put it right over top of the of the bellflower and then spray down onto it so that way you're not hitting the other plants. Because ground up, when used properly, is fairly safe. It only it kills the, the green that it touches. So even if you spray it on the bark on a tree, it won't kill it. I wouldn't soak my tree with it or nothing. But um, what it does, it attacks the chlorophyll in the leaf and stops them from feeding. Oh, okay. So, but if you do use it, make sure you just let it die. Like, don't pick it when it's half done or anything. Like, let it totally die off. Okay. Um, You can also try Killex. We used to have an awesome product called Clover, Thistle, and Chickweed, and they've taken that off the market. So. They removed our fun. Yeah, and and I and I get some of it, but I think they've gone a little bit too far because we're seeing a lot when we've brought in all these invasive species and different things from all over the world, and even like birch trees typically aren't native to Calgary, and then that birch leaf miner is such a nasty bug, and but we we have no systemics that we can use to treat them, so it's decimating a lot of our of our tree canopy over Calgary, like the the. Birch trees are getting like just decimated in Calgary. Yeah, yeah, so. I lost, I lost one. Um, which is better, Killex or Roundup? Um, either one will work on the bellflower. If you have the bellflower in your lawn, um, that the Killex works because it won't kill grass. Right? You can use it. It's a selective herbicide. It's a broadleaf herbicide where Roundup okay. kills everything green. One, one more quick question. Would Killex kill chickweed in lawn? Absolutely. Yep. No. Okay. So it works actually quite good. And and if you're using our lawn fruit, and there's another plug for my lawn fruit, but if you are using it, it does choke out a lot of weeds. You get way less weeds when you're using oh. a good fertilizer because if you get your 
Kentucky bluegrass, which is 99% of the lawns in Calgary, when you get them nice and thick, um, they will choke out so many other weeds because uh, a natural grass is quite invasive. So. Merle, I bought it, your your fertilizer two weeks ago. You should see my lawn. I wish I knew about it years ago. It's awesome. amazing. Good. Amazing. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Take care. You Bye-bye. Bye. Um, and this, after this rain, you'll see the, the grass, the lawn just kick in like crazy. So I'm going to go to Adam. Good morning, Adam. Uh, good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Well, I don't think I'm the only person in Calgary that has this problem, but Um, I have a developed yard and very little space for um, gardening. And I I don't want to try, I don't want to go to raised beds. So I have a a kidney bed in the middle of my yard that runs east-west. And up till now, I've never thought about uh, going into in-ground gardening but uh, I've got a couple of kids, and I thought this year—that's a perfect we're all, spot. We're all stuck at home, yeah. And that might be the only spot in my whole yard that I could uh, develop an in-ground garden. Yeah, I've got sod on it now. That's not a problem, and I'm not afraid of the work. I was thinking of making a two or three foot wide bed, the length, the length of this, which is about thirty-five feet. Yep. So, but my question is, I know the soil under it is crap. Yep. So, yeah, so what you need to do is to cut the sod out. And, yep. and don't try not to take as too much of the soil. Like go two or three inches. And depending on if you have any other stuff um, and how big you're going to, like even renting a sod cutter works really quite good because you don't take out a lot of the soil. You can just set it at the inch depth and then it just cuts the sod out and then you can either use that those pieces of sod to patch other places or uh or or just get rid of it that way that we don't have as much to haul away right but my question is and I've gone to the internet to figure out cuz it talks about soil depth required for different vegetables yeah and it it i mean the low range it talks for sh- shorter vegetables is 12 to 18 inches of soil and medium is 18 to 24 and uh, deeper ones like uh, parsnips, uh, they recommend 24 to 36. Yeah, and, and realistically, we don't have that in Calgary, and you can grow, um, if you get, it, with the existing soil that's there, and then if you build it up, like 8 to 10 inches, that's going to give you lots, and uh, and that will that'll give you more than enough to, to do what you're doing, so... So given that the uh, the soil under there is a light brown silty yeah clay, yeah it's a mix of it? soil and clay is that and that's in Calgary so Adam actually I'm going to help you out I I do have a big yellow bag to give away so we are going to give you and deliver it right to your house a big yellow bag from uh, Eagle Lake Landscape Supply so our good friends down there are going to uh, deliver a bag right to your house and you can just ask for I would probably get this ask for the garden mix. Okay. And uh, and then we'll deliver a bag right to your house, and it'll be right in the front yard for you. They can just crane it off right into your front yard, right beside the bed that you're going to dig out, and then you can shovel that loam and soil right out of that bag right into your garden. Huh. That's uh, fantastic. Um, I really appreciate that. Yeah, um, but then that but that'll give you the depth. Like, and realistically, if you get anywhere between twelve and eighteen inches, that's going to be more than enough. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, parsnips might be not super huge, like the ones we see maybe on some guy on Instagram that has the perfect conditions. But if you're getting an eight-inch parsnip in Calgary, I'd be more than happy. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I would be too. And yeah, so, so it, it's all, and I and I get people in the tree lot always sometimes ask me, well, is this cherry tree? Is it good or the pear? It, it, they're great, but are there? If you're thinking you're going to get the pear that you're going to get in Kelowna or the cherries, no, it's a it's a little bit of a grittier pear. It's a decent sized pear, and the cherries are a little bit sour. <laughs> so, but you're eating cherries and pears and uh, and parsnips that you grew in Calgary. So, no. I hear you, and uh, thank you very much for the... Uh, so what I'm going to do is put you on hold. Okay. And uh, Adam and uh, Gord's going to take your name and number, and we'll get you set up with a big yellow bag from our good friends at Eagle Lake Landscape Supply. Wonderful. Thank you. All right. And uh, just a quick reminder on those big yellow bags, you can bring them back to Spruce It Up, and we will give you spruce bucks back that you can spend in the store. It's a partnership that we have with Eagle Lake. And uh, after you get your big yellow bag delivered, you just bring that back to the store and we'll give you spruce bucks to spend in the store. And we need to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go to Stephen. Good morning, Stephen. Yeah, good morning. Uh, a senior that I uh, I uh, help out with asked me this question to ask you. Yeah. Uh, she, uh, she usually puts uh, coffee grounds, uh, uh, coffee liquid, tea liquid, tea bags yep. in her planters. And she also puts, uh, after I told her, uh, beets, uh, pickled beets, the liquid. Yeah. And she just asked me, uh, since she's getting, can't use any uh, salt, she's getting a lot of pickled jars of Bix pickles in garlic, garlic liquid. Yeah. Can she use the liquid in those jars? She has about four or five jars now full of the liquid. She ate the pickles. Uh, can she use those in the tropical plants that she has? Um, I, the only problem is I worry about the the water might be just too acidic. Like depends on like how much if there's vinegar or or depends what is in it. I would I would maybe try it on a smaller plant first, but I, I'm not sure the benefit you're going to get from it. Like a garlic mix is good for spraying on bugs, but with the, with the acidic and the vinegar, I'd be careful. Okay. On on what because it, it's the vinegar is used as a vinegar. plant killer, right? Yeah, yeah. I just said yeah. Yeah. Vinegar. So I I don't think yeah. I would use it let's, myself. Let's play it safe and dump. Yeah, it. it's good. It's supposed to be good for hangovers. So if she has too much tequila, then she can have some pickle yeah, she, juice. She's not allowed any alcohol. Twenty three pills. Yeah. Uh, no, well. I I don't know. Yeah, like pickle juice. I'm not sure what else. Yeah, vinegar I, is in there. Vinegar yeah, so I, I, I definitely wouldn't use it in my plants myself. Yeah, I tried that the hard way. I learned the hard way. Yep. Plants do not like vinegar. No, no. And even coffee grounds, there's not a lot of benefit. It's just more of a, or some organic matter to add to your exactly. garden. Exactly. That's the reason why she's doing it. Yep. Coffee grounds just to build up. Yeah, some organic matter. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks, Stephen. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to Bruce. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning. How can we help you? 
Uh, thank you for taking my call. I enjoy your show. Listen to it quite often, but first time I've called you. Well, thank you. And uh, I have a I have a tree in my front yard, north facing front yard in Airdrie. Yep. And uh, in northwest or southwest Airdrie, and uh, it's got buds on the tree. I can see them gradually coming, but I'm just wondering. Is there a problem with that tree? or No, this year's a little bit slower. I'm noticing a lot of trees, and we've all been out, and we actually had a fairly, like, our, our May's been fairly good, but April was still cool. And it, it just feels, I think, because we're at home and we the time um, just seems to be longer a bit, I think. So typically a lot of trees... And, and especially with the amount of snow and the cover that we had, everything was frozen a lot longer. So a lot of trees are just starting to to come out right now. Like I'm like barely seeing um, lilac started, and a lot of times they're already going by now, right? And yeah. a lot of the apple trees are typically blooming by now, and they're just starting a lot of them within the last week. You'll see a big difference. So also, what I would do is on that one, Bruce, is just give it a really good drink of water. And then if you have some yeah. fertilizer as well, give it a shot of fertilizer, either Rage Plus or 20-20-20. And, um, some of it's okay. Just watch. Some of it's high salt content. It depends on the numbers. Um, I wouldn't use the miracle all the time. I just find it it's a higher salt content in this in that okay. fertilizer. But if you just get a, like a good quality, the 20-20-20 is great. All right. Also, yeah, one more question about the tree. Yep. Um, it's got some fairly big branches low down, and I was thinking of trimming them off to take some. Yeah, as long as it's not grass. a maple or a birch at this time, um, you can no. prune off your your branch right now. You just don't want to. You have to wait till maples and birch are fully leafed out before you do any big pruning like that. It's a. It's a really. Uh, it's not. It's a really late blooming tree. It's probably a green oh. ash or something. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. So they're okay they're one of the last to leaf out and the first to lose their leaves. <laughs> yeah, so, so it's okay to trim some of those. Big yeah, branches absolutely. Off. Yep. Is there anything I need to put on where nope. I cut them off? No, nope. just do proper pruning. Don't leave a stump. You'll see a little a little bump right by the trunk where the branch meets the trunk. Just go like yeah. one or two centimeters away from that. Don't get too close, and don't leave okay. it too long. So, okay. all right. Well, thanks very much. All right. Oh, take, oh. Uh, your fertilizer, what's it called again? Green it up. It's sixteen thirty two six. Yep. Where can you get that at? Besides uh, your place? That's it. I've just okay. made it. Yeah, it's one that I made for the Calgary region, Calgary, Alberta, just to get the roots down nice and deep. And uh it's not that far. Our our accountant lives in Airdrie. He drives there every day to spruce, so Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to Jeremy. Maybe he'll drop off a bag for you. <laughs> but well, uh, well, yeah, thanks just, very much. it's about a 20-minute drive, so it's not too bad. Yeah, what, where are you located? I right on McLeod Trail and 210th Ave. Okay, great. Thank you. Yep, just take the ring road around, then hit the the Spruce Meadows Trail or 22X, and then off onto McLeod. We're just a couple minutes past there. What was the avenue again? 210th and McLeod Trail. Okay. All right, take care. Bye bye. You have a great day. You too. Bye bye. All right, I probably have time for one more quick one here, and we're going to go to Ron. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing this morning? Good, good. How can we help you? Uh, I'm homebound here, and yeah. uh, my son is trying to grow a lemon tree. Nice. Right from uh, a lemon seed from a plant. Yep. Uh, we dried the seeds for about a week and threw them in a pot and uh, 
don't see any action. What's the typical timeline? It, it, it's going to take probably three to six weeks. Okay. Yeah, they're a little bit harder. They and sometimes if you if you did you crack open the the casing of the seed and take the seed out of the like the seeds no, actually I, I, inside that. Um, so if you just I maybe if you could try I don't know how many you got but maybe take a couple of them out and this you can just break open the casing and the seeds actually yep. inside and that will help speed it up. Oh, okay, there you go. Just like sandpapering seeds before you put them in. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, to scarify them like that. Should I put any fertilizer or anything? No, on right them now, at if that you're point? using good soil, I would just let them do their thing. They'll be fine. You don't want Excellent. to do too much to them when they're germinating. Okay, sounds good. Thank you, Merle. All right, take care. Once you get them going, they do like 301010, um, a little bit more acidic fertilizer, and that will help get them going. Sounds good. Thanks All right, again. Take Bob. care. Bye bye. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Hey, Gord, I'm going to take a break. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I have Joanna Chudy on the other end, and she's answering all those texts that we're getting. If you'd like to join me, I do have a couple spots that I could probably squeeze in a few more. 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Right now, I'm going to go to Shirley. Good morning, Shirley. Good morning. Hi, how can I help you? Well... I have hardy roses, yeah. and they started greening up around the beginning of April, yeah. down in the stems, and of course we had freezing weather since then, yeah. and now they aren't green anymore, and I don't see any growth or anything on them. They're like uh, Winnipeg Parks. And yeah, and those are usually fairly hardy. Maybe they came out a little bit early. What I would do is just leave it again for this week because that, that first growth maybe got froze back. And yeah. so what they most trees and shrubs all have secondary buds. So if if something happens to the first set of buds, the plant itself will send out the secondary set that they have. So if you could do that, yeah, just that was, just be patient. Leave it for this, especially after this rain we just had, and now the nice heat we're going to have for this week. We're going to see a lot of stuff just take off like crazy. So should I uh, put rose fertilizer? Like I, I would definitely enough? look at look at doing some fertilizer, like a fifteen thirty fifteen or something like that yeah. would be great for it. So you think there's hope, huh? Absolutely. No, there's. it wouldn't have killed it right back. If there was already green earlier, it just probably maybe set back that initial bud set. Um, so it, if you just, it'll send out the second set of buds and it, it should be totally fine. Yeah, I know we had some really hard freezing yeah. temperatures. Yeah, so just give it a shot of fertilizer to help give it a bit of a boost and uh, you should definitely see something. Hope for the best, huh? Absolutely. Okay, thank you. All right, take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to go to Stephen. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Merle. How are you this morning? Good, good. How can I help you? I already knew you were good because I've been listening to your show. Uh, <laughs> nice. I had to dig up five very mature catoniaster shrubs or hedges out of my yep. front patio in front of my place, and um, uh, now I'm going to tackle the root ball, and, and they're big, but... Um, when it's all said and done, I want to put something else in there because it's my privacy for my front patio. Yep. 
I've been thinking about these things, uh, something like this. It's called a green mountain boxwood, but yeah. not necessarily, but just to give you that idea. Yeah, it won't give you privacy, though. Um, they're just, not right away, no, of course it, not. They won't ever even grow big enough to give you a pro- privacy in Calgary. Oh. Uh, like Ideally, like when you read the thing, it says a certain height, but in Calgary, the boxwood just won't get that high. They, they'll stay in that two to three feet. Yeah, I'm actually reading it on your website right now. Okay, well, yeah, that's not it's, the right choice. Then. Yeah, those are our. It's a plant finder, and that's a database that we use. Yeah. Um, but in Calgary, everything I always knock at least twenty five percent off, and certain varieties even less, like especially like the boxwood. The Calgary boxwood is one that we bring in, and it was taken cuttings from the Reader Rock Garden, a garden that John Reader brought over from, um, over from Europe like 80 years ago. Okay. So that one's in production and we, we actually sell that one. It's called Calgary boxwood, but even that it's going to get in that two to three feet. Um, so if you're looking for privacy, I would really look at the, a nine bark hedge. They work really well as a hedge and they grow quite fast and they really like being pruned and they don't get that scale disease. They sometimes will get some aphids, but for the most part, they're a pretty, they're a durable shrub, they're, they like being pruned, and they'll perform great for you. And they come in different shades, and they either have green, yellow, or even some red shades that uh, that look great. What are they called again, Ro? Nine barks. Like you have Diablo nine bark is one of the biggest. Um, we have Amber Jubilee. There's a yellow nugget. There's a okay. Um, there's yeah, fine wine. They they've made too many now. Like I bring in five or six colors, but they're so close together. Sometimes I'm like. Okay, you guys, I know you want to license more product, but enough's enough. Like, we don't need 18 shades of purple. So, <laughs> and honestly, that's but they do it for the licensee rights, and then they force the growers to, to grow them. Because if you become a proven winner's grower, you have to grow the, all the new varieties that they set out for you. Otherwise, you end up losing your license. So, uh-huh. it, it's kind of, and they love the royalties that they get from it, blah, blah, blah. So, anyways, it's... They end up with too much, so. So these nine barks and things like that, you have those down yeah, there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, okay. you, and they make a great hedge. And <laughs> like I said, they love being pruned and sheared, so, and they grow quite fast, so. Yeah, but I'm not, I don't really love pruning and shearing, though, so what no. am I going to do about that? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's let them grow high then, and they look great that way. But well, if you do want, want to shape them a bit, they don't mind it at all. The asters that I cut down were probably four and a half, five feet high. Yeah, yeah, and that, that gave me the protection that I needed from the. So sidewalk. these nine bars will be perfect for you. Okay, well I'll come and check them out. Thank you. You're very welcome. Talk to you soon. All right. Enjoy Bye-bye. the sun. Bye bye. All right, I need to take one more break here. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm going to hit the phone lines right away here. We're going to go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hi, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Um, there's a couple of products that I'm using that um, you've talked about. One is Pure Spray Green. Yep. And the other is Rage Plus. Yep. Uh, can you just can you just uh, tell again how to use that product? Is the Rage Plus the same as using 153015 fertilizer it, it is and it is it's more of a super compost in a bottle like it 
It's okay. a great fertilizer for building. It's like it adds life to the soil and really gets your roots and everything going like crazy. And it, it's a good, but if you use it all the time, you still need to sometimes supplement with a, like if you notice the blooming isn't going as much, you'll need to add some 15, 30, 15 or something like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, because and does that, does that company make a product that does that? Or yeah, they have one, they have one that's a bit more of a bloom, like the, like the Rage Plus does a bit, but there's another one that in the organic section that has like a zero or it's, it's like three, four, two or something. I can't remember the exact numbers, okay. Okay. Um, okay. but that's the Evolve product. And then the pure spray green is an insecticide and also a fungicide. And it's actually made by um, Suncor here in Calgary area. So. Okay, so I so I used so I can, I really messed up with that last year because I had a, a clematis sign that had I think some sort of bug or fungus, and I sprayed it and it killed the whole vine. And I called in and and you to, you know you said to me, okay, I think you did it, it was too hot was too hot don't use heat yeah so when when would you suggest early in the morning give it a good spray if you're doing it in the heat of the day um if it's like a real warm day it will it, even if you're watering just straight water can work as a magnifying glass but anything with any kind of oil in it um will definitely sometimes work as a magnifying glass so you want to just do it early in the morning okay. or late at night like just that cool when the sun's gone down at that nine thirty sort of thing when okay yeah okay Okay. Okay. Great. Okay. Well, I I do. I love the Rage Plus. I've used it, but I wasn't sure whether it was the same thing. So no, I wanted it, to it's it's a great okay. like it's just like a super compost in a bottle. It does most of it, and it's fine. I just find yeah. sometimes you need to add a little bit, but for the most part, it works great. Like it's a it's a great yeah. fertilizer. Um, it just can stink pretty bad sometimes if you smell yeah, it because yeah, it's full of sure. all the the sure, bat sure. guano and yeah, all the other yeah. fun stuff. So. Okay, great. Thanks, Rob. Thanks for your answer. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Evelyn in Lethbridge. Good morning, Evelyn. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, I, Sorry. We had a, a big uh, play area for the children, so they play in the yeah. sand. Yeah. And it was 20 by 12 by 1. Foot. Oh, nice. And now we want to put a garden in. Okay. Do we have to get rid of all that sand? No, and a lot of it, and I guess depend. Does it seem to? Um, does it stay really loose the sand, or is it? Does it pack? It's. Uh, it packs a little bit. Okay. Um, it should be fine. So what you could use, and you can leave that as your base, or you could mix in the soil. Like you could put six inches of soil on top of that to start with, and then just turn it over a few times and mix the base in with the with the sand and the soil, and then add another six inches and mix it in again. And because the sand typically doesn't hurt, it helps keep soil loose. You just want to make sure it's not the that the the wrong sand that clumps together and sometimes it almost can make things worse. It can uh, it can almost create concrete. Oh, okay, so if it clumps, get rid of it. And- yeah, if it's if it's sand that packs real tight all the time, like after rain, if you have to go in and, and break it apart. But if it's really quite loose, if you can stick your hand in there and it stays loose, um, that's fine, and it's actually great to mix with soil for your garden. Yeah, is there any particular kind of soil? I would just like if you're doing a out and. A garden, like if you, and from your garden centers down in Lethbridge or a soil delivery, if there's somebody that has a garden mix is good. Um, like any, they just ask for a garden blend or straight loam, and then you could add your sea soil or compost after. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Great. I got one other question. Okay. What about uh, cats been around going into it? Because it's been yeah. Um, and that it's it should be fine. I would maybe throw a sprinkler on it for a few hours, and uh, if you guys had as much rain as we had, that'll work. But just maybe clean it out that way, rinse it through, and when you put all your soil, that'll break all that down. So okay, all right, Great all right. Good luck, Evelyn. Let me know how that goes. Okay, will do. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, I have time for one more quick one, and I'm going to go to Ron and Red Deer. Good morning, Ron. Good morning. How can I help yeah, you? I just I just have a suggestion of something that I did. I just got a small yard here, yeah. and I had some problem weeds like dandelions, and I had yellow jackets that were uh, big, nasty yellow yeah. jackets that was giving me trouble. And what I did is I got a hand a hand steamer, yeah, and I took this hand steamer and I put it down just in the roots of the of the dandelions and for a few minutes, and it killed my dandelions. And then I did it to the yellow jacket nests and I got rid of them. There you go. There's it a nice really good no chemicals needed at all. Absolutely. There's a good natural way yeah. of uh of helping out. Perfect. Yeah, okay. Thanks Ron. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Bye. Bye-bye. And maybe I can quickly do Matt real fast. Hey Matt. Hi. How can I help you? Just a quick question. What fertilizers should I use for tomato plants? 15, 30, 15. You want some of the high middle number. For flowering and fruit, the same one works really quite well. And there's some, we also have a tomato food that you can use that has a calcium supplement. Uh-huh. Um, that way, you, if you're growing the bigger tomatoes, you won't get the end rot. Okay. If you're growing cherry tomatoes, for the most part, you won't get that. So like a 15, 30, 15 is great. But we also have it in the Evolve product where you can get that calcium supplement in there as well. Okay. Alrighty. And what uh, fertilizer for shrubs? Um, depends if they're flowering, you can use the same ones or just a good all-purpose 20, 20, 20. 20, 20, 20. Okay, oh. I've got some of that. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, Matt. Okay. Enjoy Take your show. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. And uh, we got through everybody today, so thank you so much for growing. Thanks, Joanna, for hitting up the text with everybody, which is awesome. So uh, get your garden on, and we'll see you next week.